Uh, great to welcome into the studio after his summer break, Mark Stevens, who is he's looking a little bit uh, almost Mediterranean. The hair's a bit longer. The tan is deep. How are you, Steve-O? Yeah, good, Mickey. Great yeah. tan. I was in Bali and I saw you were down, uh, down the coast, coast yeah. peninsula away. Some great Instagram work uh, through the, <laughs> the hotels and restaurants. Beautiful family shots. Hey, I did it was a, really heartwarming. I actually. did a skydive. Have you ever done a skydive? Uh, no, I wouldn't do Even if you paid me 100000 I wouldn't do that. I don't like being. I don't go on rides. I go to Disneyland and don't go on rides that Are you move. Serious? I go on the ones where you. There's You're sort a teacup of, man. Yeah, I went in the Space Mountain because you don't go anywhere. You're just in a chair, spun around. But I went on the Scooby Doo ride at Movie Land, Movie World. Well, no good. <laughs> the kids conned me into it, and I thought, "What's this?" And suddenly, going backwards in the dark on a roller coaster. So you did that. You were you were yeah, attached to someone, was, obviously. Well, yeah, it was a tandem. It was, it was brilliant. I tell you what, it gets the Gets the heart beating, the pulse racing. It was really good. Jackie had a go as it, well. No, she bought it for me. She wants to get rid of me, clearly. So uh, Things go wrong, you know, in those. They can go wrong. But I, I, I did ask my tandem guy, I said, is something to, what happens if you knock your head or you pass out? Because you're the one that pulls the cord. Mm. And it, I stupidly only asked it after we'd complete the jump, not before. And he said there is a, uh, a timer that sets off automatically in regards to the level you get yep. to. So you don't have to worry about okay. that. So just do it, Steve. Live a little. <sighs> I don't like heights. I don't like that sort of stuff. But were you scared? Was it an ultimate I rush? I was really calm in the little aeroplane. And then as soon as I open up the door and the wind mm. hits you in the face, and then you're the first out looking down, you're going, what on earth am I doing? Is there a video of your sort of face yeah, pushed into I'll the show, wind I'll like the you. chops flapping in the breeze? <laughs> Like point break action. Wasn't it in point break Wasn't where they bad. jump out? Wasn't that bad. Hey, um, speaking of chops flapping, oh. there's going to be a lot of chops uh, talking today. We'll get onto the, the tennis in a moment. Day one, I want to ask you your thoughts and mm. curios dropping out. But um, it's great to have Paul Tatnell in here earlier from Racing.com who, who has dropped the bombshell about the spring carnival and how it could change, including a historic, a history-making move of the Cox Plate. If you missed it, here's a snippet of what Paul had to say. The Cox Plate, uh, in my mail, is one of the big races that is looking increasingly likely to shift in the 2023 Spring Carnival. Now, Racing Victoria have been on the record saying, we want to look what November may look like for some bigger racing. Uh, identified those two weekends, which have been traditionally the Cranbourne Cup and the Ballarat Cup. So my understanding is that the Cox Plate will take the second weekend that we spoke about there where the Ballarat Cup initially was, and the 1,000 guineas would move to where the Cranbourne Cup. Now, I need to add too, that this does need final approval from the Racing Victoria board and the boards of all three clubs. That's, that's the Cranbourne Cup is definitely one of the, uh, I'm going to say losers out of these proposals. And Matty Welsh, I think, said to Matt Stewart, when you're away, there'd be no losers. Everyone will be better off. So we've got to try and figure out how that might happen. The Cranbourne Cup going to a Friday night definitely makes sense. Uh, they've put a lot of time into their night infrastructure, their night meetings. And the Cranbourne Cup, we've seen some pretty impressive fields and races there this year. So that would definitely make sense. Big possible changes that I'm hearing. The Cox Plate moves from next October 28 meeting that would have been this year to November 25. The Moya moves from September 29 to October 28 on that Saturday alongside the uh, the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. The Thousand Guineas moves from October 18 to November 18 and the Memsey Stakes would move later into the carnival. So they're big changes, sweeping changes, which uh, if you listen to Paul and he gets good mail and you listen to a lot of the other major players in the racing industry from the Trainers Association and, and other race clubs, this is 
almost over the line. It's it's just a rubber stamp approval that is required, basically from Mooney Valley Racing Club. And I think Mooney Valley are saying, "Well, show us the money. Um, if you want us to move our best race, we want a huge prize money increase." And Racing Victoria are pretty desperate to make the move, so. We could easily see the Cox Plate equal in prize money to the Melbourne Cup $8 million with this move. The biggest racing story for a while, that sort of page three Herald Sun action, even at this time of year. Yep. It, it is significant. Would it affect the whole rhythm of the carnival? That's will. the thing. We, we talk about rhythm and people's habits and you build up to certain events. I think we just need to be careful. You can't trial it, can you, for one year and go back. Once it's done, it's done. So rhythm would be my key word to this. It's just a building... Uh, issue to the Melbourne Cup. Well, there's an SMS just on that point um, saying, hi guys, what does that mean? Will the top horses be running in the 2,000 metre Group 1 Caulfield Stakes, which would then be six weeks before a Cox Plate? And uh, the other point a lot of the trainers have been making, and Clint McDonald said, that these aren't machines, these animals, uh, and it means it's a long time from um, the start of what the traditional spring carnival would be build-up races to try and get to a Cox Plate at the end of November. So there'd need to be a, a rethink and a revamp of how carnivals are, uh, I suppose, out, outlaid for the major horses as well. And not that only, but the punters and their mindset and those that want to go to the races. Is so, it also a theory to get some more breathing space outside of September footy season? I don't think there's any doubt about that so um, it's sort of crazy that there's big races on during footy finals yeah so i can agree with moving that but you just need to be careful as i said with the rhythm of the, but it's great that people are thinking outside the box michael it's going to be interesting to see how it transpires so uh, i can see pros and cons on both sides so the debate will continue to rage that was a big story in racing today the big story yesterday the bombshell and are you a curious fan I, i'm not one of his greatest supporters, but I was pretty bloody disappointed because you just want to watch him. Yeah, I'm a fan of his tennis. I think he's the most entertaining player in the game. He's, I've said this before, probably the best grass quarter in the world will probably end up winning Wimbledon. But he's also frustrating, the fact that the preparation, you have to question, was he you know, ultimately uh, ripped and prepared for this? And it's interesting this morning, uh, Todd Woodbridge, who's yeah. he's normally pretty... Uh, he doesn't sit on the fence, but he's pretty kind, Todd Woodbridge, to the Aussies. But he's come out today and basically questioned uh, the preparation of uh, of Nick Kyrgios and said, look, in, in the lead-up to Wimbledon, he played a lot of matches, he was fresh, uh, you know, ready to go. Um, but the issue is if he has the knee injury, there's not much you can do about it. The cyst, um, he's got a full-time physio. But was playing that exhibition the best thing to do? And it's unusual to think, well, I might just save myself for round one and just see how it goes rather than play in the exhibition. Play in the round one match, see if I can get through that one. Because it's 100,000, believe it or not, 106,000 for a loser in round one. So he could have come out and given it a crack. He still would have got his cash. So credit to Kyrgios for that. But the way he's thinking is, uh, if I can't win the tournament, there's no point playing. And that's all he cares about these days. He, he, he doesn't need the money, let's be honest. He's, he's got enough. So... So it's a cyst. He could, have, he could have gone close this year because the, the we know the tournament's fallen apart. Um, you've got Djokovic, but there's question marks about his Well, there is. He's got taping well. on his left hamstring, and Scott Cooney, the producer of The Breakfast Show, is very well connected. He's close in the to corridors. the Djokovic camp. He's, he's, he's very well connected in tennis in general, and he did whisper this morning, just keep an eye on Djokovic. He wouldn't be surprised if he pulled out of the tournament. Oh, you're kidding me. So he's got strapping Great on the left hamstring. Have a, have a meltdown. But there's the usual um, controversies. We all we, for a while there we had upskirting at the tennis. Remember, thankfully that hasn't happened. 
but we've got Russian flags flying. Russian flags that so that there's people coming out Ukraine. Are you saying they should mute the flags? Oh, look, personally, I think you should be able to fly your country's flag. It's a tennis tournament. But what do you think of, say, Medvedev, when you're watching him on TV mm. and there's no flag, it's just a white box? Yeah, it, it, it seems strange. messy considering he couldn't play at Wimbledon. Yep. There was no rankings points at Wimbledon. So always plenty of controversy around the tennis, but no curiosity. And it looks a pretty good schedule today. It's ready to go. In five minutes, they kick off. I know you love your tennis and you don't mind having a, a bet. Would you take the dollar eighty Djokovic with his question mark hanging over his head? I wouldn't take dollar eighty anyway. I think it's too short. Medvedev, over seven matches. Medvedev's five fifty, and then you're out to twelve dollars for Nadal, Taylor Fritz. It's thin when you mm. when you when you're getting the Taylor well, Fritz. Not much. There. So I, I'd be on Medvedev at around the five dollars. What about in the women's? I think that's a bit of a lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Who's favourite there? Uh, Svitek. Yep. At three fifteen, but. The women are so fickle. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be... You'd be taking a roughie there. Yeah. So I think the issue with Medvedev, he's so consistent. He grinds the players down. We know he's fit. Um, so I think I'd take him uh, at that price. But some good matches on today. Berrettini versus Andy Murray. That's a glamour matchup. Berrettini's in episode two of the Point Break or mm. Break Point. Point Break, yeah. <laughs> break Point, the documentary. <laughs> so uh, that's the last match on Rod Laver this afternoon. Djokovic is on tonight against the Spaniards. So, look, if I was Channel 9, I'd be looking at... Djokovic is a, always a great selling point, but Berrettini-Murray, that's a great match. So mm. it's interesting with the coverage. that, Like last night, we, we had Dave Colbert on with uh, Jeff Masters on prime time. So I like the fact that Channel 9 are, are moving around. Well, you have to do it because... It's, Not so... Ten years ago, they just cop what no, they copped. They, they didn't. But even towards the end, like you, you and I know, we worked for... Mm. And I did the tennis yep. for years with Channel 7. They they were pretty rigid in the matches. But if you've got an Aussie like Millman mm. who gets into the fifth set, you've got to go to it live. You can't just push people to your yep. secondary channel these days. We've improved. So we don't see as much of the centre court action. Now, I know you were the voice of tennis along with Gary Wilkinson in the day. So you, you two were the gurus. I, I remember seeing you down there. And Wilkinson, he had a walking stick to, just to yeah. wander around. He was the guru. He was. He had a silver with a diamond tip. He uh, is very uh, eccentric, Gary Wilkinson. Hey, um, we've got the next uh, from Horsham about to come up. Uh, and then we've got the next at Hamilton as well. Just quickly, any footy news or anything at this well, early time? There's a few injuries around. Yeah. Josh Gibkes, that's a worry. Um, I'm a key player at Richmond, one of the real young guns, the most exciting young player at Richmond, uh, torn a hamstring tendon uh, by the looks of it, will need surgery, and that, uh, that's 12 weeks. Mm. All right. Steve-O, good to see you, mate. Pleasure. All right. We'll chat to Steve-O tomorrow with another tennis update.